Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is entitled Acts 3, The Cost of Benefiting from Jesus. In today's study, I want to bring out something that happens to the lame man in Acts chapter 3 and 4. There's a famous work by Dietrich Bonhoeffer entitled The Cost of Discipleship. It's an excellent instruction for the Christian on what it will truly mean to follow Jesus. And often, when thinking of the consequences of following Jesus, that is the angle from which we look at it. There's a cost to following Jesus. But from what happens to this lame man, I want us to come at the reality from a slightly different perspective to show just how much being born of God puts you at enmity with the world. Let's start with this text from Acts 3, verses 9 to 11, which says, And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. I love the expression in verse 11, where it says the man clung to Peter and John. Scripture tells us that we love God only because he first loved us. But the correct response to the love of God is something the majority of people fail to make. Consider this account of when Jesus healed 10 men who had leprosy. In Luke chapter 17, from verse 12 to 19, we read, And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his feet at Jesus's, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. People debate whether the other nine men, beside the one who returned, were saved or not. We can't know for sure, but we do know for sure that Jesus commends the Samaritan for returning to him with a grateful heart. He also condemns the others when he asks where they are. We know it's true that many people want something from Jesus without actually desiring Jesus himself. This is why they neglect many things he tells them to do while claiming that they follow him. The lame man in Acts 3 hangs on to Peter and John with loud exclamations of praise to God. The unbelievable had happened to him. He had received what he had not asked for. But what happens next to him in the story? In Acts chapter 4, from verse 1 to 3, we read this. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. 
And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. I have sometimes heard atheists lament Christian humanitarian ministries, saying they wish the Christians would provide education and health care without also pushing their views on people about Jesus. But this neglects the reality that the reason Christians minister to people's physical needs is because of the gospel. It is God who wants us to remember the poor and care for widows and orphans. The Jews wouldn't have had a problem with a miracle, but they didn't want Jesus preached. Because the lame man was healed by Jesus, he finds himself swept up in the arrest of his healers. The chapter later shows he is among the group arrested. In verse 14 of Acts 4, it says, But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. We see the gift of healing Jesus gave this man led to his arrest. That's an interesting thing to consider. Did you know that God's blessing in your life will make you a target of Satan? Consider this passage from Psalm 112, verses 9 and 10, which says, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. What do you see is the wicked person's response to the goodness of God to people and the righteous behavior of God's people. The wicked person gets angry about the goodness of God to his people and the righteous behavior of God's people. We see this illustrated by the way Daniel's enemies attacked him. In Daniel 6, verse 3 and 4, we read, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault, because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Why did these men want to destroy Daniel? They envied God's blessing in his life, and they didn't like that he was different than they were. When you have a boss who is incorruptible that you must give account to, there's no safe way for you to be a cheat in your position. The fact that the lame man benefited from Jesus made him the enemy of the Jewish leaders. They were trying their best to do away with Jesus. They had executed him and then lied to the people about his resurrection, claiming his own disciples had stolen his body, though the soldiers who were guarding his body had told them what really happened. Now, here is this lame man healed, demonstrating for all the people to see that Jesus was indeed still alive. So, the lame man became a target of the Jews because they had rejected Christ. Therefore, we see that there's a cost to a believer even in receiving the benefits that Jesus gives us. The last verses in Philippians 1 clearly show us this truth. Verse 29 and 30 of Philippians 1 says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. 
Faith in Christ was given to us, leading to our salvation. We are ecstatic about that blessing. We now possess eternal life. But notice what comes along with this blessing. We receive a correlating blessing of suffering. The Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. When Christ sets his love on you, Satan sets his anger on you. We see with the lame man in John 5 that there are some people who receive the blessings of Christ, but don't respond to that blessing with love or faith. They instead choose to remain on the world's side. In John 5, from verse 8 to verse 16, we read these things. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Was this man grateful to Jesus? No, we see he didn't care about Jesus at all. If he did, he would not have gone and reported to the Jews to get Jesus in trouble. Isn't that sad? That a person could receive such blessing from someone and immediately turn around and put that person in harm's way? That's the selfishness of people illustrated. I've heard testimony from many organizations, like the one I'm involved with, who sponsor students, and they, they, they share a common testimony about how some of the students they've supported later attack the ministry. It's usually when the student loses support because of his own bad behavior. Then he resorts to all manner of accusations against the ministry so that he can get money or whatever it is he wants. There's no gratitude or love for the love he has received. There's still only selfishness in his heart. We see a correct response from the lame man to the love he was given by Christ. He immediately identified himself with the one who had healed him. What about you and I? I see too many believers trying to maintain their neutrality between Christ and the world. There are times in life where neutrality is wise. But God tells us neutrality with him and the world is actually impossible. In James chapter 4, verse 4, we read, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. God hasn't sent us to be the world's friend or for or for us to be prosperous in the world. He has sent us as his ambassadors to the world, calling people out of the world. Let's be faithful to the stewardship we've been given. God bless you all.